Last night before I went to bed, I was joking around with my fiance uh, about Trump getting sick right before the election so that he could get sympathy for his, to add to his election, maybe. <laughs> and I was really just joking about it because we were watching some segment about Saturday Night Live. And I said that. And then this morning I wake up. And he's got COVID. But I was talking about it last night before he was tested or before we even knew. So it's like I say things and then it happens on TV and that's weird. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. It's just part of life. Hopefully I can use that to my advantage somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't see where it's of, of any, of any, uh, it doesn't do anything for me. It just makes me go, whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened? You know, and it's like constantly, man, it's like all the time. I don't get it, but it is what it is. So um, anyway, um, I was also going to say thanks to San Bernardino, California, Washington, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, San Antonio, Texas, New York, New York, the Bronx, Flowery Branch, Georgia and Sterling, Illinois for being my biggest listeners so far. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, so anyway, I just kind of wanted to let you know that this morning because it's a constant thing when I say things and then all of a sudden it's on t television. Like for instance, I would come up with inventions, but I don't do anything about it. I just talk them out loud to, to her and uh, that's it. And then all of a sudden within a week or so it's on TV. My, the invention I came up with, <laughs> isn't that weird? Maybe I'm just thinking of it while they do it. I don't know. And I'm sure nobody's, listening to me because I'm so smart that they're stealing my ideas. I know that. I'm not crazy. Uh, as far as hairs being on my tobacco, red hairs, you know, that's weird. But I guess there could be a possibility that that could be from something else, you know, like uh, maybe the previous owners had red hair and it was stuck in the RV in the couch cushion maybe. And one day when I came in, it flustered up and flew into the air you know there's so many possibilities so i'm not going with every little thing that happens in my life as part of being gang stalked or or played with just some things some things i still question them actually more than half of them but some of them just kind of connect and it makes you go hmm you know uh, so uh yeah uh, i said something about clowns on tv uh before it came on tv the night before and suddenly, this was like a year or two ago, I think it was 2000 and I think it was 18. I said something about, or no, it may have been 17. I said something about the clowns to my fiance. I said, because I thought someone was listening because something had happened and someone said something that they could have only known if they heard me talking or had it relayed to them by someone listening or something. It was weird. So I said something about, I said it out loud to her. I said, I never told you that uh, I had a fear of clowns, did I? Scary clowns? And I put my finger to my nose and told her, because she knew what I was doing, or I was trying to let her know what I was doing. And she understood. And uh, the very next day, they're showing clowns on TV. Uh, scary clowns everywhere, terrorizing people. I'm like, what in the, you know, what's going on? What, is somebody listening to me? They got, I mean, am I just reading what's going to happen on TV? Cause that's just on TV. Maybe if I don't watch TV, I'll read what's happening in reality. 
outside. I don't know. That's weird. I don't believe in, uh, in psychics. I don't believe in any of that. So it's weird that this is happening to me. Do you understand? Does that make any sense? <laughs> I don't believe in, uh, I'm a Christian, man. I don't believe in none of that Satanism, that talking to the dead. No, you don't talk to the dead. That's not true. Yeah, you can argue over it and fight about it all you want, but you can't talk to the dead. It's as simple as that. The only one thing the dead know for sure is that they are dead. So anyway, uh, I thought it was very interesting that it's like I say these things and then all of a sudden there's these major things on television regarding them. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. And I wanted to say something else about, I had told you a little story about my mother um, slapping me once. Well, that wasn't intended to uh, downgrade my mother or anything. My mother was actually, she was never the bad guy. She was, she was more or less victimized like I was. And she always stuck up for me. She, she always did. I felt safe around her. My mom was great, but, uh, I just wanted to clear that up in case anybody thought I was trying to be, get down on my mom, but my mom's good. My mom's cool. Uh, that one slap, that's all I remember. I guess that's why it hurt my feelings <laughs> because that's the only one I, I can remember getting. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, wanted to share that and I guess I could start talking about some other things, make the podcast a little longer. I think somebody asked me to make it longer. Um, obviously I'm not a, a rich guy that's famous and I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot of influence on people, but, uh, I guess you just could just consider me entertainment, I guess, even though what I'm telling you is the truth. <laughs> uh, at least it's what I believe to be the truth. You know, uh, I try not to be in fantasy land. I really do. I try not to do any of that. I try to stay in reality right where we're at. But that whole Trump thing just, she just rolled her eyes this morning at me. You know, that's how often it happens. I'm like, do you hear? She started rolling her eyes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm not against Donald Trump. Uh, I hear what he's saying and I hear him being, you know, being undesirable with his words quite often, but you know, that's all about perception. And if you let it bother you, you let it bother you. Um, uh, I don't know who to vote for. <laughs> I really don't. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure that I've already voted. So, but anyway, um, uh, what else can I talk about today? Um, see today is very foggy outside. Um, there's a hazardous air warning. Um, it's foggy and smoky, I guess, in the Northwest here. Um, you know, I was in, uh, when I was locked up in, uh, 201 Poplar, Memphis, Tennessee, um, I started to, I, I almost got into a fight because I felt so bad for this guy getting beat up on it. It was a black guy getting beat up by like five black guys were like stomping on this guy's head until blood was like pouring on the floor. Um, it was crazy. Uh, blood was pouring out from his head, just getting bigger and bigger. And they're still kicking on this guy's head. And I'm the only white guy in there out of 40 guys. And, uh, this is a murderer pod. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, they put me there cause I wouldn't put up with the officer's crap when they were being immoral. I let them know, you know, I'm just not into being immoral to people. 
I'm just not. So I get open my mouth. People don't like it, but I don't care. It really doesn't bother me anymore because I'm not out to please other people anymore. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, I was in there one time and I was trying to, I was about to jump in. I, right as I, right before I jumped in, this friend of mine, his, his nickname was Black, and he was like from Africa. His, he was so black. He, he had deep set eyes. Uh, his bone structure in his face was, you could tell it was definitely African. Anyway, he was a really good friend of mine. He lived in Mississippi, but I never, I didn't keep up with him and he ended up getting out, I think. And he called my grandmother and I couldn't get in touch with him. Anyway, I lose, you lose friends, man. When you don't pay attention, you'll lose friends. You'll lose opportunities to meet decent people and stay friends with them. It's so hard to find decent people to be friends with these days. I mean, Anyway, uh, that fight I almost got into, he grabbed me and stopped me. And I'm glad he did because I might have gotten killed. They might have killed me for that. You know, I'm the only white guy in here. Uh, they're all in here for murder. <laughs> they might have killed me. Um, I was in there for a burglary. Uh, none of them were for burglary. They were all murder. Yeah. On the fourth floor. I don't know why they housed me like that other than it was just like a big middle finger to me. Well, since you're a tough guy here, you can go in here with them. You know, kind of like that movie Stir Crazy or something. But uh, so it was uh, I had an interesting time in that place. You know, I met decent people. I met I met more decent people being locked up than I have on the streets being free. And that's the crazy thing. <laughs> that's insane. Um, so uh, what else happened? Um, we uh, at one point when I got to prison from from jail uh i ended up on the yard crew after my so my security level went down from a max eight to like a, i think it was a five or a six i think it was a five it had to go down to a five or maybe a four before i could actually work on the yard within the compound to cut grass and we got to cut grass and i remember it was really really sad because i'd like kind of only ever had one girlfriend and she sent me my ring back in the mail and and said she was with someone else now and and then the guy left her and then she wrote me a crying letter that she said she was just seeking solace from this guy and she didn't mean to cheat on me and all this and, and then she sent me a picture of herself where she had lost a bunch of weight because she was on the heavier side and when i got out she was she was a big one she was still big <laughs> I, she was trying to hide from me and i went and found her uh, anyway that's another story but um, yeah, I had some crazy stuff going on there. We would have, we had a, uh, a yard boss, the boss who was with us during, uh, cutting grass and weed eating. We would go out to the shed and he would come out with dice and we would roll dice. He'd give us all money and we'd roll dice for money. We would just play craps and he'd break out a, a thing of whiskey. Uh, we'd all get drunk on whiskey, smoking cigarettes. The guy was cool. His name was Chris. And he was a black guy and he used to be a sheriff, sheriff's deputy, and they blackballed him. He told me the whole story about how the sheriffs had blackballed him because he didn't like doing the immoral stuff that they were doing. And he tried to complain about it. And he was a whistleblower who got blackballed. And so he ended up being a, a yard boss at the pen at actually SCCC, Shelby County Correctional Center. Yeah. Anyway, that was awesome. Uh, that there was a decent person there to take some of the heavy load of stress off of you, you know. Uh, 
when you meet a decent person who has some kind of compassion and sympathy, a little empathy, not sympathy, but a little empathy, you know, it's, it's a good thing. That's a good thing. I noticed a lot of people that I know, I, I told these stories years ago and places that I've lived, like for one place that I live, for example, the guy kept knocking on my door um, to get me to come outside. And I felt like he was doing it because someone told him to so that they could sit back and videotape me or watch me for whatever reason, because the reasons he was knocking on my door made no sense. None whatsoever. We weren't like buddies. I don't, I didn't grow up with this guy. I didn't really hang out with this guy, but he kept knocking on my door. And, uh, one time he asked me to come look at his car and, uh, then he, this cop drives up and then he's smiling like it's some kind of game. And then he says, can you hang on right here one second? And he takes off. Right. And I'm like, okay, what's this weird? And I had just found a microphone. Yeah. And right after that's when he started knocking on my door. See, it's weird, weird stuff. Um, I never uh, had to worry about people spying on me down south. That's one thing that up in, in the northwest uh, that I've found to be a fact of life. They're a different uh, culture or something. Um, they like to be in everybody's business. I, a lot of them do. I don't know. I'm not going to say all of them, but there's a group that do. Believe me, they want to be all in your business. And the Bible preaches against busybodies, against going out and gossiping and playing games with other people. It does. It preaches about it. It's, it mentions that. So don't think it doesn't. <laughs> it does. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, it's been all weird on this TV thing, but um, it's been weird. I, I think it's strange, but I'm not really uh, stressing over it, like I said. I guess it's kind of fun to talk about because if I say it out loud, then later I can like think about it easier and put things together. Of course, these days it's pretty much uh, like beating a dead horse because nobody wants to give you any answers. Nobody's, you can't even get a simple answer, a straight answer out of somebody for something simple, much less something like that. So, you know, I don't want to blow their minds and make them think, uh, what? See, I've talked to some people about reality before, and some people don't want to acknowledge reality at all. They don't want to do it. And I feel sorry for them in a way, but it, on the other hand, it's like they're they're holding hate in their heart, and they don't want to look at anything but what they have already built in front of their eyeballs, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. People are strange. People are strange. I guess I've been strange too. I'll tell you what, I, I think I told the story one time where I was, or maybe I didn't, I was on ecstasy. I had been given some ecstasy by an ex-girlfriend's brother. Um, and I was doing this ecstasy and they, I, w I did it at like this gathering of like, I don't know, not that many people, five, six people, I think it was. And, and I didn't really know them and I was new to Washington and, I kind of hung out and we did the ecstasy and I ended up going back home to my girlfriend afterwards while I was hanging out with her brother. And then she went to bed and I was like, well, I don't want to go to bed. I'm on ecstasy, you know? So I go outside and I go to back over there to, to hang out with them, but the lights are all out and I hear them whispering at the window, <laughs> the screen door window. And I'm like, so I stop and I look like, I'm like looking to see if a light comes on. I hear him talking and then I hear this girl go, what is he doing? He is weird. 
<laughs> so they're making me add to be out the bad guy while I'm just out here going, what, what are y'all doing? <laughs> you know? So I turn back around and go home because now they've done made it sound like I'm a weirdo. Cause I come outside to come over and they're sitting there with the lights off in the dark, whispering through the damn window screen, pardon my language, but yeah. Uh, crazy things. I remember, I'll tell you, uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's been an uh, interesting life to say the least. I got to got to go across the United States here and there and see this and that and all the weathers, different kinds of weathers, and it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, if I ever leave the state of Washington, I would probably move to Colorado. I think. Um, I don't know. I don't want to live in a state with even though I could care less to use drugs or, or even drink anymore, I'd rather be in a state where you, where there's not Nazis who, who want to see if you have marijuana and kidnap you and throw you in a cage. You know what I'm saying? That's that to me, that's ridiculous. That's Nazi. That's all that is. And you know, if you don't like marijuana, that's fine. You know, so what you grew up in a time when you probably grew up in a time when, they had the uh, reefer madness movie on by the government, you know, or you were just told by the people who did grow up in that time. And it's just a cultural thing you've been following. And every time you pull somebody over, if you have this sense of paranoia that brings with it a sense of smell of marijuana, then you want to tear apart their cars. And you know, I don't want to live somewhere like that ever. Never would I live in a place like that again. What's what, why would you want to live somewhere where they're out to get you? Because if they're out to arrest you for marijuana, I got news for you, buddy. They're out to get you. <laughs> That's all that is because you're not harming anybody. Who's doing, who's killing people on marijuana? Who's robbing people on it? Nobody. No, look, I smoked marijuana now for 40 years, 40 years. I still have my brain. I still got my wits about me. Yes, I do. Did marijuana ruin my life? No, no one ruined my life because there was the, I'm still alive. How's my life ruined? <laughs> now, if you lose a thing or two, that's not the end of your life because you lost something to me. I mean, you know, there's another thing I was just thinking about. My, my grandmother had told me that my grandfather, before he died, um, he was going to take care of me in his will. And my grandfather told me too, but my grandmother told me later that, um, that, uh, she didn't know what happened with the wheel. I think it was. And, and that was all fine and dandy, but you know, I would have really liked to have heard some last words, you know, and my grandma too. Nobody like left a wheel with any last words in it or anything. It's just a blank. Well, they died. That's it. They died. And then my, and you know, I don't live in the areas where they live. So it's like, I only get this pieces of information. And then when I try to talk to people, they don't give me all the information. My grandfather, I guess, died because his hip, his hip was messed up. I don't get it. They say they did a hip surgery and there's something went wrong. I don't, anyway, I don't get all that, but, um, uh, my grandmother pretty much let me know before she passed away that, uh, everybody's on the take these days. She said, if you'll notice, everybody's on the take these days. And I have noticed, but it doesn't mean you live life like 
everybody's on the take. You can't just go around, you know, looking at people going, ah, oh, better not talk to that person, better not talk to that person, better not talk to them, better not talk to anybody, get home quick. Because sure, that's safe. But what kind of life is that? Safety and life, you know, it's safety is like dulling life. It's taking life away. It's too, there's too much safety. You guys got too much safety in the government. It's like you're looking for reasons to be able to control people. Things like, you, I mean, and I've gone through this before. You, you tell people they can't, an old man wants to go out and catfish and drink him some beer. He can't do that now because these safety Nazis have stopped him. You see, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much of life that I saw in my younger, younger years in the seventies that now it's like we turned into Nazi Germany in comparison. It's crazy. You can't, you can't drive down the road on a bicycle almost with no helmet on. They want you to have helmets on if you're coloring in a coloring book, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, it's crazy. Uh, all the safety measures they're constantly putting up and, and some of these states, especially um, safety is like the robber of our freedom. They're doing everything in the name of safety. What is that? That sounds like control. But anyway, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, what do you call those guys? Uh, anarchist. Uh, I believe we need a government. We need, you know, we need police. We need people to, we need to, be able to rely on services from from certain organizations we need to be able to do all that but at the rate it's going oh my god if you look at the uh, court television channel if you look at the bottom of the screen and read some of that stuff you'll see all these officials and judges and cops and lawyers and all these people are crooked going to jail all the time i mean constantly there's new cases i mean how can you allow I mean, you would have to go back morally by, let's just say, the standards of that, that cop in, uh, in the, the Golden State Killer, had that serial killer rapist. He is a cop. And for 20 years, he was doing this and arresting people. And, convict, and the courts were convicting them for what this guy was saying they did. How was this guy's word worthy of anything? How was his word worthy of I mean, you had you would have to go back if you had any morale and look at every single case that this guy had any kind of complaints about and and resolve that. Because what you had out there was a monster bringing people into a cage who didn't want to go to a cage for things they probably didn't need to be in a cage for for all those years. And now you're throwing him in the, the you're giving him the death penalty or life or whatever, you know, and it's like, wait a minute. What about all the damage? <laughs> uh, I am constantly seeing these people being released after 20, 30, 40 years of being locked up because 12 idiots said they were guilty because one cop hid evidence. And what is this crap? And you know what I'm saying? And that is the kind of thing that I see on the television or reading the paper or see or hear on the radio that bothers me. Those kinds of things, not the economy, not, not, Anything else in life, that kind of stuff. I, the hypocrisy is so gross. It's gross hypocrisy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I got that out of my system. Uh, let's see. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I noticed John Bon Jovi on here on Good Morning America. 
haven't forgotten who he is, considering I hear him on the radio every single time I go to the car. No, <laughs> it's all good, John Bon Jovi, but man, dang, can't they play a, another song other than living on a prayer? <laughs> Come on, man. No, but uh, it's all good. Um, I think I'm starting to have a better day. Um, I'm going to have some more coffee. And then uh, maybe skip breakfast. I don't know. And uh, get back to my right finishing my book so that I can publish it on the 21st of October. Um, scary, or actually the other side of scary, a trunk novel. That's what it's going to be called. The other side of scary, a trunk novel. Have a great day, you guys, and uh, God bless you.